Welcome to From Heartache to Healing and Hope with your host, Bernadette Winters-Bell, LMSW. This podcast explores the many layers of life through the lens of loss and grief, often with special guests who share their perspectives on this universal yet unique process. These explorations can offer you, the listener, avenues to encourage you to have these conversations with yourself, your family, your community, your world. Hello, I'm Bernadette Winters-Bell, the host of From Heartache to Healing and Hope, maybe the most important part. And today's interview, whoa, Cheryl DeDecker. She's a board-certified hypnotherapist, and she doesn't have a watch, and she doesn't make you do strange things, but rather we talked about how we can have control over the brain and be able to live our best life. Really interesting. I can't wait for you. So I'll be here at the podcast from Heartache to Healing and Hope. Your host, Bernadette Winters-Bell. Come and see Cheryl D. Decker. Welcome. I'm Bernadette Winters-Bell, your host of From Heartache to Healing and Hope. And what a guest I have today, Cheryl Dudecker. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Bernadette. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. So since you know yourself better than most, would know, <laughs> could you be so kind as to introduce yourself to my audience? Yes, thank you. My name is Cheryl Dudecker. I am a board certified hypnotist and hypno coach and also a Tai Chi Easy Practice Leader. And I have a practice here in Oneonta, uh, although I see clients all over the world and actually I'm seeing clients via Zoom uh, only right now, uh, but that will change no doubt in the future. And so my office is at uh, 50 Deet Street and Bernadette and I used to be neighbors. We're still in the same building. But uh, sadly, I don't get to see you as much as I. No, we're as upstairs, downstairs, neighbors now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yes. tell me how you came um, to do this work. You know, because people I don't hear say, "When I grow up, I want to be a board-certified hypnotherapist." Yeah, you I know, don't I don't hear that often. You I mean, don't hear that that often. There? I know. I'm oh. surprised, but so I started out as a counselor. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was a certified counselor doing primarily cognitive behavioral therapy for many, many years, for about 20 years prior to becoming a hypnotist. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that oftentimes my clients would really want to change something, but when it came down to making that change, they would hit this wall, like this imaginary wall. And I really wanted to know what, what is the wall? You know, it's kind of like saying, okay, I'm going to have, yes, sure, a serving of ice cream is a half a cup. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna have. But then before you know it, it's gone, you know? So- And it was what, only a pint or half a gallon, right? Exactly, right. exactly. So what happens in between? And so what I really started studying, I found out more about the subconscious mind and it fascinated Ooh. me. So as I studied it, I just became more and more interested and 
became certified and then became board certified. And now I work with just everyday people with everyday kinds of problems, helping them to use both their conscious mind and their subconscious mind to make positive changes in their life. Yeah. So did you have to buy a watch to be able to work? You know, with I people? get that all the time. You know, I figured. <laughs> I do. You know, the funny thing though is that is that people don't realize that we are in hypnosis throughout the day, numerous times a day. It's a natural brainwave state. Hmm. It's the alpha or brain, alpha or theta brainwave state. And so right. it's something that's natural that we go in and out of all the time. It's just that we don't know how to maximize it. And there's another way that we go in and out of hypnosis all the time that I feel like my job is to help people unhypnotize themselves. And I'm sure you're familiar with this one and your clients are too. It has to do with worry. Mm. Worry is actually a form of self-hypnosis. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hypnosis is really just focus plus imagination plus a suggestion. Mm. And when you think about what worry is, worry is focusing on what we don't want to have happen you know, imagining in great detail what we don't want to have happen and then giving ourselves a suggestion about, oh, this is going to be awful if this happens. So a lot of my job really is kind of helping people unhypnotize themselves, helping people to maximize their brain in the way that helps them to be healthier and happier, more calm, more grounded, more successful. You know, I talk to people that we're in control of our brain, even though we may not realize it, and that most people out there um, aren't talking about this, um, what we're talking about. So I'll say, I know that you might have experienced laying down, go to sleep and be physically tired. And then your brain says, whoa, time to get busy. <laughs> and you feel like you can't control the, rolling of thoughts often going downhill perhaps everything you thought about last night and the night before and the night before and of course nothing's changed by all of this but exactly um and teaching them ways the first of all just the concept you can have control of this i'll say to them so if you were driving here today and it let's say it was a 27 minute drive when you got in the car you, in essence, said to yourself, all right, you can do whatever you want, brain, for 27 minutes. You know, I know where I'm going. And the brain goes, which people talk about crying when they're driving. I don't advocate for that. We got to be on the road with them. Um, but in essence, you then pull up into the parking lot and say, okay, I'm good. You know, put it on pause and do what you have to do and come in the office. So in essence, you gave the brain 27 minutes to think about whatever it wanted to think about. You just we don't consider it like that, right? Exactly, right. yes. Right. And oftentimes there are, that's a perfect example. Mm. Oftentimes there are subconscious habits or patterns that will kick in when we kind of let it have its way. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And we think that we can't stop it. So I'll say, if you're at home and thinking about and thinking about, and, think, and I imagine I'm going down a black hole, you know, and thinking about it, thinking about it. However, if the phone rings or the buzzer goes off for the laundry, oh, and you stop what you're thinking and go in another direction. So in essence, you've said, okay, I'm putting you on pause right now, brain, you know, right. And I'm going to go do this other thing. Mm -hmm. But we don't think of it like that, like that we have control. But of course yes. we do. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Like if we're reading a book and someone starts to talk to us and we're engrossed in what we're doing. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait a minute, there's sound coming from something. What? Oh, you're talking to me? Oh, okay, hold on a minute. Maybe put a marker where you are and then ask them to start from the beginning. Because just because you're there doesn't mean your mind is ready to hear what that person's saying until you tell your mind, stop book, <laughs> look up, pay attention. Right, right. To yeah. me, those are examples of exactly what the, the kind of work that you're doing. Oh, perfect examples. Yeah. I mean, they call it highway hypnosis. Getting lost in a book or a movie is a perfect example of, of going into a hypnotic state where you just kind of, you're just so focused, you're using your imagination, you're blocking everything else out. So it's something that feels natural. We do it all the time. And so people are surprised when they find out, oh, this is a natural process of my brain. I'm just actually taking the reins of my brain Right. And making it work for me rather than against myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you could help people, it sounds like, do many things or undo many things. Um, yeah. A lot of times people think of hypnosis as uh, losing weight and quitting smoking or living smoke-free. And that's definitely things that hypnosis can help with. But there are so many other things that hypnosis helps with. Because I was a cognitive behavioral therapist for so long, obviously, my interest in stress, anxiety, worry is up there, but I'm also certified as a complementary medical hypnotist, which means I help people with sleep, with pain management, with kind of prepping for medical treatments, um, as well as what I call the three Ps. It's perfectionism, procrastination, and people-pleasing. There are things that we kind of take for granted, but you know, perfectionism oftentimes leads to a lot of anxiety. If people feel like, oh, I have to hold myself to a condition I would never hold anyone else to. Right. And people pleasing oftentimes leads people to not be able to say no when they need to say no, not be able to set a healthy boundary or limit. It's funny because I have a, a women's group that I do that's called a self-care circle. And we have different topics each week. And the number of times that people have said, no, let's do the one about saying no again. <laughs> you know, I need to hear that again. Yes, um, good as a refresher course also. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that so many people, which, you know, I mean, my practice in you and yours, um, that feel as if they're not pleasing people, therefore they're not being a good enough person or other variants of that idea. And that people won't like them or all different kinds of things and doing it at the expense of oneself seems to take a long time to come to the place to say yeah I don't think I'm willing to do that anymore to the extent that I was right right Definitely. they put themselves on the list I mean before that they might have been on the list of who they take care of but most of the time they didn't even make page one, <laughs> you know, exactly. exactly. Right. Wow. Yes. And don't you find too that, that in working with clients, that so much of that sense of I'm worthy, you know, I'm good enough just as I am. I feel like that is oftentimes something that because of experiences growing up, because of things that happen subconsciously, that we pick up messages that lead us to think, oh, I'm not good enough. 
oh, I'm not worthy. And so, you know, if everybody on the planet could get that message, just that message alone of I'm good enough just as I am, I just think, wow, the world would be such a different place, such a happier place. You know, I've always thought, I uh, do a lot of work with children and had it in the past and thought if they learned that death is a part of life and a natural part of life, you're born, you live, you die, the difference is how much is in between there in the living part, that we'd all have a healthier idea and, ha and then be more at peace with what our lives bring us. It's, it's a similar type of wish. It hasn't happened yet, I'm just gonna say. Um, <laughs> but I'm holding on to it, I'm not letting go. So, but you're right, if we, and in the culture that we live in, it isn't very acceptable that we think highly of ourselves. That's often considered snooty or, mm, actually not something that you want to uh, strive for. And if you thought of yourself as highly as you thought of others, let's not even go beyond that level. Just gave yourself that same grace. And then said, yes, I'm worthy. Um, do I have faults? Well, of course I do. Um, but there are things that I'm good at or I help others or whatever the list may entail. If we would just look at it more evenly, you know, that balance thing is so big for me. We're, we're quick to say everything we do wrong. But what we do right, we don't even mention because, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. That like gets short shifted because that doesn't need mention. So this should come automatically and we don't even mention it, but one thing wrong, and that's the thing that we focus on, right? Very true, right. very true. Right. Yes, right. our brain can get stuck in that way. And I have so many people that I help them kind of build up that self-worth and that self-esteem, but in the beginning, oftentimes they're afraid that they're going to become arrogant. And so I give them a, I give them a guarantee. I call oh, yeah. it the... Yep. That's pretty, that's pretty brave. What's I that? call it, it's the big head guarantee that if I feel you are feeling so good about yourself that you're beyond healthy, feeling good about yourself and you begin to get a huge head, I will tell you flat out. I will be completely honest with you. And say, no longer fits through the door. We have exactly. to have a conversation. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the funny thing is I haven't had to say that to anyone I've worked with yet. Because people, <laughs> people who are worried about being arrogant right. don't become arrogant. Right. You know, Just people who are concerned about, worry about it yeah. is, of course, what the balancing piece is. Yes. So isn't it interesting that even just thinking kindly of ourselves goes to arrogance? Right. You know, like, right, mm -hmm. because of what messages we got, whether they were... Um, audio messages or body language or listening what other people were talking about, what was on TV, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is, mm -hmm. right, right. Um, don't get too big for your britches. Yes. It came up yes. somewhere and yeah. I was I just thinking that. that. Was. Grandma maybe <laughs> and things like that, which is that, that same kind of thought process. And really, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. that 
are people easier to control if they're not too big for their britches? I mean, I never quite thought of it before. We're just talking about it now. But you could see if you went back, I don't know, 100 years more, um, what was considered acceptable and permissible and how you wanted. Did you just want your children to grow up and say, yes, mom, yes, mom, yes, mom, and just do what you say? Well, easily, I have seen that. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and what does that do to the thoughts about yourself? Well, I guess I'm not good enough to express my thoughts because no one ever wanted to hear it. Yes. And, and so that, many, yeah. Right, so many. And, and that wasn't the point as best I understood history, um, but it was more like just to keep things under control. Listen, I got to raise you kids and do the house and do the, let's just, you know, children mm -hmm. should be seen and not heard. And let's move this along. <laughs> well, that's a great example because so many of the times we'll, as children, we pick up messages that, you know what, our parents meant no harm at all, that's typically. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. they were just doing their best with what was available to them. But as children, we can pick up these messages that can be limiting to us as adults without even realizing it. But I, absolutely, without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, can you explain to us the process of what you would do with somebody if they came to you um, to work on a particular issue? Sure. So, you know, part of that process is really helping people, first of all, understand how the brain works mm. and how they themselves can create a state of hypnotic trance um, and can change these things that were programmed. It doesn't matter how long ago they were programmed. That's why it's, when it's so beautiful. It just amazes me how powerful our brain is. You know, mm -hmm. that if we had a trauma or something that happened in the third grade and it's been impacting our whole life, you can still fix it with hypnosis. And we can do that through you know, hypnosis that I do with clients and helping them to reprogram negative or limited thinking. I teach all of my clients self-hypnosis. So it really is that process of how do I learn these brain tools so that I'm really deciding for myself now as an adult, what do I believe? What's healthy for me? You know, these outmoded beliefs that maybe I picked up along the way, I don't need to let them impact me anymore. I can let go of that. You know, when you're speaking of that, something that I've thought about for a long time, I call it a fantasy, but it's something we can discuss in public um, <laughs> that I've always <laughs> said, that we have a bag with us since we're born. It could be an old, doesn't matter what bag. But I, I picture us putting into this bag all of our experiences, coping tools, difficulties, strengths. And in, in this bag, they're stones. Mm -hmm. And so my fantasy is that there would be a ceremony, we'll call it age 21-ish. I don't know if you have a special outfit or not. If it was me, I'd get a special outfit for it. Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> course. Um, but what would be the process would you would empty the bag and say, hey, I have some stones here. And let's say you had all these stones. And you would say, oh, this represents that when I get mad, I stomp my feet. 
Yeah, that was good when I was five. I think I'll leave that one behind. Mm-hmm. And this is a strength where I'm kind to people. Yeah, that's a good one. And I want to increase that. I'll take that with me and go through the whole bag and decide what you're going to take into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We have control over our brain mm-hmm. and our choices. And so, and it gives you a, a marking point to say, like we think of Sweet 16 or Quintineras or 21, you know, becoming an adult, of course, is a process, it's not a day. But if you had a time where you said, I'm gonna look at what I've brought to this point, what I've learned um, through whatever method, and I'm gonna decide what to take forward and what to change as I go and what for now I wanna leave behind and maybe do it again at certain other, what I call uh, developmental stages in one's Mm -hmm. life, that it would begin to teach us that we do have control over our thoughts and our emotions and all of that and not just take it because I imagine then most of us now by now it's a burlap bag you know it gets really central (laughs) and you're schlepping it through life filled with all of these experiences and maybe bad messages and you know difficulties and normally when someone reaches a place of a trauma or a loss or whatever brings them to you or I or other people, then they're willing to empty the bag and look at it, but only because they feel like they're losing their mind and they got nothing to lose, you know? Right. So I would like it to be more part of how we grew up. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty good. Definitely. I don't know how to make it happen, but that's my thought. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a really, right? that's a wonderful example. You know, that bag that's filled with thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, you know, that's so much of kind of as a hypnotist, what we take a look at, you know, what do you exactly. want to change? What, right. what isn't working for you? And when it comes to kind of, you know, what can you do hypnotically? Really, we're going to the source of where these things are stored. That's why it's so powerful. Um that's why it's it's different than other other forms of help. You know, sometimes people will say, "Well, how's it different than meditation?" Mm-hmm. Right. So I explain that it's really you're going to the same neighborhood, right? You're going to you're going to use your imagination. We're gonna, but we're gonna use specific hypnotic language that creates change, ongoing permanent change of things that aren't working for you. Um, so it, a lot of times people say, oh, it kind of feels somewhat similar, but you know, uh, you know, it's just amazing. It feels so relaxing. So it is different than meditation. It goes to a deeper level of change. Sure. And often meditation could be a way to prepare for, um, a session of, uh, with you, uh, hypnotic suggestions to help them uh, make the changes that they want to get to that state, to be open. I remember when I came to see you one time and I'd had a particularly very difficult day and specifically did not stop for an iced coffee. (laughs) The most important part of the story Um, before I came to see you because I thought I don't want to be hyped up. I want to, I want to be tired so that in spite of myself, I would be relaxed. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, it is true that iced coffee or any kind of 
caffeinated beverage is probably not best. An espresso shot right before you go get your hypnosis is probably not <laughs> indicated. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because the two things come to mind there. One is that people don't have to be relaxed to be able to be hypnotized. Sometimes the people that are the most hypnotizable are ones that are anxious. Because again, with that worry, you're already halfway there in hypnosis, right. you know? Right. right. Um, but so the other thing is that people will sometimes say, I'm not sure if I can be hypnotized. Right. I'm, you know, they'll say maybe, oh, I'm not gullible or I'm not whatever. And um, people who are most hypnotizable, first of all, you want to be hypnotized. You want the experience. You want to make a change in your life. Mm -hmm. If you love a sense of adventure, if you have any practice of meditation or yoga or guided visualization, anything that you've done like that already, you're going to be a natural. Right. You know, and it's really, it's wanting to make the change. Your motivation is really key. So um, once people realize what hypnosis is, they know it's, I'm already using a brain power that I have. Right. You know, it's right. not about being gullible or able to relax or whatever. No, it's, it's really tapping into a power that you already have available Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. And how have you found during this time of the pandemic? I, I see that your work has gone zoom, zoom. Um, but has the issues people bring forward changed? Um, or have you seen anything that people are focusing on that they're informed differently now? That's a really good question. I think um, sometimes I feel that my work up till now has is, is really prepared me for this time. And I'm sure you probably feel similar in many ways. It's, um, you know, all the work in helping people manage stress, anxiety, change, <laughs> right? We're going through so much change in the world right now. And so those are things that really have come to the forefront and coping with things like worry and loneliness and, you know, how to stay connected, how to do self-care while things are more constrained. You know, these are all things that have come more to the surface as well as help with sleep. You know, that's another one that's, that's certainly at the forefront because people are really dealing with a lot right now. Absolutely. It's so interesting that something that happened in our community, country, world, um, so stopped us all, kind of right in our tracks. And some of us haven't worked at all, and some of us are working all the time. Um, but it's made a big change. And that's not even dealing with the health part of the pandemic and the people, the souls that have passed. Um, but the time that it's given people to be reflective and maybe to be more about their family because that's the only people they're saying. <laughs> and they have to be more about their family. Um, and how people are talking about things they used to say, I, I'll do that, you know, when I have time, what I'll, I'll get around to it. And for many people, they've got enough time to do just about anything that was on that list. And so the, the things that we did with procrastination it's hard to say that now, you know, it just doesn't um, ring true. And also I think that 
people have really, really begun to appreciate the socialization and the human contact and that lack thereof. I'm sure you're hearing that in your work. Definitely, yes. Yes, and the other, the other piece of that too, you know, when you say that we, we now have time, mm -hmm. a lot of what I feel that I am repeating to my clients is that while you may have more time, it's okay if you don't have more energy, if you don't feel that you're as productive as you normally would be. Um, so I think there's just been a lot of kind of education about, we've not been through a pandemic before. Yeah, We're in survival mode. Place before, right. Right, right. So, so to just have that compassion to, towards ourselves of, yes, you know what, you may have a list a mile long of all the things that you wanted to get done and you might have this much energy today, you know, exactly. take what you can do every day use what you can do, do what you can do to the best of your ability and forgive yourself and be compassionate with your energy level, your concentration, all of those things, because it, all of us are affected by it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've said for years that, um, and this is about the grieving process, but now it's expanded to so many things that some days you get up, get dressed, go out, conquer the world. Well, that's when we can go out and do those things. And other days, PJs and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And the, the most amount of energy you have is to decide, will it be crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Will it yeah. be strawberry or grape jelly? Right. And then you're exhausted. It's time for a nap. And the yeah. truth is, is I know people often think of that as bad in good days. But however, I, I see it more as the days that you're a compassionate and kind with yourself and allow yourself to rest, you're filling up the bucket so you can have those other days to get those things done. It's a yes. constant balance. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a bad thing that you did to, mm -hmm. to, you know, now if you're on the couch for a month watching Netflix, it's another story. Um, but if you're resting up and, and filling up your resources so you can do other things, then it's mm -hmm. all about If you use all your energy every day, every day and go, we know what, you know, that phew, you're going to just find yourself exhausted, you know, yes. with nothing. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I've called that hitting the wall. Yes. You know? Because so many times we just push ourselves and push ourselves to do, 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 do without really kind of pausing right. and acknowledging how am I feeling about what's going on in the world right now? How am I feeling about my life and where I am and to just kind of process that. And so I know it's like, talk about someone who's used to this and, and familiar with this. It's like, okay, if we don't stop and process, at some point, our body's going to make us process. We're going to hit that wall. We're going to need to, exactly. maybe we're going to need to really cry. We're going to need to let it out. You know, we're going to need to, to get these feelings out that, that maybe we've been just trying to push away because they're unpleasant. For sure. You know, I, I think of it as you get a little hint and it's like you brush it away off your shoulder and then someone knocks on your head and I'm not paying attention to that. And then you find yourself in the produce aisle of a price shopper and you see peaches, and peaches, peaches were the favorite, and you're a puddle about peaches in the produce yes. aisle. Right. And 
thinking, where the hell did that come from? Mm -hmm. But it was all there. And when we don't give it the expression that it, it needs, mm -hmm. it's coming out. It's mm -hmm. not a case of it, it's when. And how exactly. much control, you know, and that's what I say to people, just like, you know, if you want to have control over it, then you want to let it out in a safe place, whether it's journaling or crying or whatever form that it takes, <sighs> allowing yourself to rest, to hydrate, and mm -hmm. then you're ready to move on. Mm -hmm. And you got a chance. You're not going to be in a puddle about peaches and produce. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right. And mm -hmm. being kind to yourself and compassionate. Wow. Yeah. Well, this has been fascinating. So tell me, what gives you hope for the future? That's assuming you have hopes. <laughs> <laughs> you can make that assumption. I think yes, that's I safe so. to say. Um, you know, I think I think I see so much resourcefulness mm -hmm. and little acts of kindness in the world. Mm -hmm. I see young people who are invested and want to make the world a better place. Um, you know, I think part of it too is actively looking for that yes. because you know we don't always get that in the news right mm -hmm. so so maybe I have certain places online that I look or I get a positive newsletter or you know I talk to friends about what they're doing or what they've seen so right. I think we have that ability to kind of all right what's what's the good news what's going on how are people coming together how are people right. helping each other and making the world a better place it's still happening. It's still going on all around us. It's just being aware of that. Absolutely. Like Mrs. Rogers told to her son, Fred, and when it was a, a time of a fire or a trauma of some sort, you know, how difficult it was. And she said, look for the helpers. Always look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. That's what the hope is, because mm -hmm. they always are there. Wonderful. Yes. Well, I know my audience is going to be thrilled to hear everything you've had to say. If they wish to get in contact with you, Cheryl, how would they do that? Well, they could go to my website, which is Cheryl'sCompass.com, and they could learn more, more about what I offer as well as contact me there. They could also email me, which is just my name. It's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L dot D-E-C-K-E-R D -E -D -E -E at gmail.com. I do a free phone consult for anybody who wants to talk about how hypnosis might be able to help them. Mm -hmm. So um, they could always contact me to schedule that. Wonderful. Good. And we'll make sure we put that information up when we launch the podcast so that people can do that. Thank and I you. want to thank you so much. I love speaking with people who are helping, who are informing people and who are a helper in the world, which is obviously what we need right now. So thank you so much for being a guest today on From Heartache to Healing and Hope. Thank you, Bernadette. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to chat with you.